Merry Christmas, dear class. Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. Let me get you your update, get your sheet out here. Oh, wait, okay, and you also have a page of notes, and so write the new uh, prayer list. Is it Teresa? Teresa, hi! I only saw your hair. And there's Elise. I was going to say, I didn't see Elise because Elise always sits over there, and you know, when people change. Thank you, Elise. The church looks beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is a whole lot of work, and we, a whole lot of thank you. I was so excited to come in this morning and see it. Um, this is not my idea of decorating our classroom. This is the prank that I wanted you all to see. Uh, Trina wants to use it in the play, which will be hilarious, but if you want a longer story, uh, come and see me afterwards. It is hilarious. But anyways, on a more serious note, um, the prayer request that I'd like you to add here. First of all, I have no new update on Elaine. Last uh, we have heard a couple days ago, she is on the ventilator in California, Elaine Freeze and um, have not heard anything new in the last 48 hours, so please lift her up in prayer. And then um, Little Willow, uh, Dan and um, Michelle's Little Willow, she's got to have some extreme dental work done, but she's, she doesn't want to hear about it, of course, so don't talk to her about it, but please pray. They, the appointment isn't even until February, which is... So sad, and so please pray that an early appointment can be made, and um, and for Willow as she goes through this, and then also <clears throat> Karen Mendham's Allie and Luke, uh, her children, uh, they are going through some uh, physical situations. Um, they were desiring to have children. That's not going to be the case unless God provides a miracle, which He can. I'm a living testimony of that, and. Um, so, but also if there would be some ongoing issues with Luke, uh, physical issues. So uh, just put down Luke and Allie, lift them up in prayer um, concerning this. Let's see. Lee is home. Wonderful. That was a, a good update. Uh, please pray for Vivian, too, as her foot heals. She really did a number on her foot. She's really laid up. And then also update your neighbors for us, Trina. And that was, um, he had a terrible, no, terrible case of COVID. Yeah, it just, it just, yeah, it surely does. Yes, Leslie. And this is Tom Sire's brother. <clears throat> and he's up in the UP. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Wow. Um, and then, did Carrie and AC find a car, a vehicle? Not yet. Okay, continue to keep that for speaking of collisions. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's right. They re really need a car because of a deer on the road. And um, praise the Lord, no one was hurt. And the children were not even in the car, which was, which was amazing. So 
<clears throat> but they do need a vehicle. Um, and Emily found a car, which has been a long time for request. That's wonderful. That's great. Um, Kathy Heider is traveling, and um, this is a good time for me, too, to talk about this with her not here. This, of course, is a very difficult time. If you could drop her a note of encouragement and uh, just send your love and your prayers. And she's with family, and she's, she's doing wonderful things, but she's, it's, a, it's a struggle. So uh, please keep her in. And Teresa, it's so good to see you. It's just wonderful to have kids come home and, and, and be able to rejoice with you. And uh, God is good. God is good. Any uh, new updates, please see Cindy on that, and um, she will get that on our prayer list. Oh, I did want to announce one thing. I don't think I wrote it down, but it's the um, it's Sunday the 19th will be our class Christmas party, okay? Sunday the 19th, that's the Sunday before Christmas, we'll have our class Christmas party in here. This is a, a different thing that I am doing. I am not a spreader of fear. I am not a spreader of fear. I know that God is in control, totally. I do believe in being extremely careful. I am also that way because of our situation with Clint. And so we have always had a big Christmas party with all kinds of food and all kinds of stuff. Um, we are not going to do that this year. I will bring in bakery treats and we'll have coffee and stuff made up here. And we'll have a beautiful Sunday morning of celebrating our Lord's birth. Yes, we will play games. I have to play games. I, I was born playing games. I actually was born pranking. So, I mean, this, you know, Tina comes by all this stuff very honestly. Um, so, yes, we will have a delightful time. But we are going to uh, cut out. Pastor's done that with our fellowships, too. It's been really uh, cut down on the people preparing food just as a wonderful safety measure. This is something we can do that's easy. And, and still not cut out all the good, all, all the eternal, all the best, okay? So the 19th, um, somebody that hasn't been in Sunday school for a while and you have not seen them, encourage them to come out. I tell you what, there's an air period. Our room is probably cleaner than pre-COVID times, all right? So we do take a whole lot of measures, and um, just keep that in mind. So let's open a word of prayer, and we will begin. Father, thank you. Thank you for this season. And Father, as we pause now just for these few moments, oh God, may we tune our hearts to the truth. And Father, all the other thoughts that just invade us continually, God, may we choose to put them aside and focus on what is real and what is good and what is eternal and how I can be more like you. And Father, in this season, how I pray for your protection over our church families. God, how I lift up Elaine right now. Pray, my heart's desire is that you will allow her to come home, our home, for Christmas. Lord, I pray you be the family. Comfort their hearts, fill them with a the peace. God, you do all things well. We base all of, all of our moments and all of the good things and all of the sad things and all of the unexplainable things in the foundation that you never make mistakes and your plan for us is good and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus name amen I want to begin by saying Christmas 
isn't Christmas, by the way, it's great to have Alice in class too. <laughs> what a blessing. It is, Christmas isn't Christmas because Jesus came. <gasps> Before you all gasp in horror. <laughs> Let me finish. Christmas isn't Christmas because Jesus came. Christmas is because Jesus came. Jesus, because Jesus came, it's Christmas. Let me rephrase that because I slaughtered it. Ready? Here we go. Christmas isn't because Jesus came, but rather because Jesus came, it's Christmas. When we feed that truth into our head that way, it defines what we celebrate and who we celebrate. We don't celebrate Christmas, girls. Now, a little while ago, even our society tried to even take that word out of our vocabulary. Thankfully, there was a big enough uprising of we Christians who said, no, it's Christmas. But understand that we don't celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Jesus. Now, the world celebrates Christmas, um, especially America. America rebrands everything simply to serve self and to serve, um, you know, commercialism. America does that. So Christmas to America has become what? Well, there's Santa and there's Rudolph and there's the Grinch and there's, there's the lighting of the Christmas tree and there's food and there's feasting. And, and these are all good things. They're all good things and, and funny things and happy things. But the sad thing is they're not the truth about Christmas. And what happens is the gifts in life that God daily loads on us, from, from our food celebrations to our friends to our family, all these good gifts from God, they replace the gift of God. And what happens is we get so distracted that deity is lost because of our distractions. And they're good distractions, but they replace what is most important. So I say, not this year. Not this year. Say it with me. Not this year. Distraction is not going to place deity. The gifts of life is not going to replace the gift of life. I am determined every day to celebrate Jesus. And we're going to talk about some fun, beautiful ways that all of us need to do it. We're going to talk about two specific ways that we need to begin today to truly celebrate Jesus and not just celebrate Christmas. First of all, Remember your cookie last week? It was a crazy-looking turkey with the word gobble stenciled on it. It was a warning to be forewarned and to be aware of the fact that Satan doesn't want you celebrating Christ. He will use everything to gobble up your attention, your energy, uh, your pursuits, your schedule, even the deceitfulness of my own heart. I mean, I'd like to blame it on Satan, but you know what? The deceitfulness of my own heart will draw me away from celebrating Christ because I'm celebrating Christmas. Been too busy? Mm-hmm. That's part of it. Been um, too burdened? Mm-hmm. That's part of it. So if we miss the gift, which is God's gift to you and me, and by the way, gifts are great. We had a fun time exchanging gifts, and, and gifts are a beautiful thing. Matter of fact, gifts, the giving of gifts, is the patterning after God our Father. Look up Matthew. Someone look up Matthew 7, 11. God patterned us with this idea of gift giving. He's the giver of all good gifts, 
And anything that our Heavenly Father does is in our DNA, girls. It's been breathed into our soul as a patterning. Who has Matthew 7, 11? Go ahead, Becky. See? And this evil is interpreted sinners. We're sinners. In us there is no good thing. And yet we understand how good it is to give gifts to our children. How much more does our Father, who is holy and good, know how to give us the gifts that we desire? It's fun getting gifts that you really, really want. It was the day after Christmas, and the pastor of the church was looking over the nativity scene when he noticed the baby Jesus was missing from the figures. Immediately, he turned and went outside and saw a little boy with a red wagon, and in the wagon was the figure of the little infant, Jesus. So he walked up to the boy and said, Well, where did you get him, my fine friend? The little boy replied, I got him from the church. And why did you take him? The boy said, Well... About a week before Christmas, I prayed to the little Lord Jesus, and I told him if he would bring me a red wagon for Christmas, I would give him the first ride in it. <laughs> it's really fun to get what we want at Christmas. Um, it was put in us, that desire to do that, from our Heavenly Father who gave us the greatest gift. Have you ever wanted clues about your Christmas presents? How many of you have ever begged for clues? Leslie says, no, she wanted to be totally surprised. Well, I have children who hunted for their Christmas presents. And so, yeah, they not only, and we, we made rules about, you know, not shaking it. How many of you have ever wrapped up something really, really little and something really, really big so the person wouldn't know what was inside? Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun to have a secret about a present that you're going to give somebody. Um, Tina was always wanting clues about her presents. She was the biggest seeker, too. Um, and, uh, you know, the things that you find out after that your kids are grown and married and it all comes back out. But, <clears throat> but we, every once in a while, would give a clue. Well, God, our Heavenly Father, gave us a clue about the gift he was going to give us. Don't take time to look in it, but it's in 2 Corinthians 9.15, if you want to jot down the reference. 2 Corinthians 9.15, God our Father gives us a clue about this unbelievable gift he is gifting us with, Don. And you know what he, the clue is? He says, okay, I'll give you one clue. It's unspeakable. It's unspeakable. Your gift is unspeakable. In other words, there are not even words that I could describe it to you. And it's going to come wrapped in a way that you can't believe. And then Jesus came. And because Jesus came, we have Christmas. <clears throat> Jesus is the gift that never wears out, but only wears better the more we use it. Jesus is the gift we don't outgrow, but grows us to make us more like him. Jesus is the gift that doesn't depreciate or lose its value. This is a fun thing. How many of you watch Antiques Roadshow? That's one of our favorites. We really like that. And they put up, and from 10 years ago, when they put the value on that gift, and then they say what it's valuable today, you can't believe, and they have the music that goes with it. You know, if, it, if it's appreciated, it goes, you know, and then it gives you what it's worth today. If it has devalued, you know, and you see, and you, I can't believe how Many things are devalued. I mean, what I would think would be valuable, good things, lose their value. Never God's gift to us. Never Jesus. He only <clears throat> becomes more and more personalized and more and more precious 
and more and more priceless as we grow in him. So as we give each other gifts at Christmas, it is a sweet sharing time of love and laughter and appreciation and sacrifice. All of us want things. And at Christmas time, it's, it's a fun time to make out a list. I'm always after my husband. He is so hard to buy for. What can I get you for Christmas? You know, I love shopping for my girls. Matter of fact, I, I am Tina's personal shopper. She's up there in the, you know, boonies. Her biggest store is Walmart. And so I literally am her personal shopper. I love shopping for the girls. But this one has the strangest Christmas list. Do you know what she wants for Christmas? <laughs> she wants, ready? She wants worms. Real Worms. She wants, I am buying her worms for Christmas, okay? Barb knows all about it. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah, I agree, Alice. Oh. <laughs> she also makes fire water that she makes her children drink, so I won't tell you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Oh. <clears throat> but just imagine if you were to buy me the most personal, precious gift, and it took all of your resources to buy me that gift. And I never unwrapped it. I never opened it. How would that, how would that make you feel? And what about me? What good would it do me? It would be wasted. It would be worthless. So we watched the whole world celebrate Christmas every year without opening the greatest gift, the unspeakable gift. Christian America often allows all the sugary substitutes to replace what is truly Jesus, the reason. To which I add, not this Christmas. Not this Christmas. I will not be deceived. I will not be distracted. I will not be fooled. That's all right. So, <laughs> yeah, this Christmas, celebrating Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Isn't it amazing? Never has America been in such unrest, such turmoil, such division, and everybody clamoring for peace. And yet, as they clamor, they arrogantly, vehemently deny the Prince of Peace. So, Two practical ways you and I can put into practice beginning today so that we don't celebrate just Christmas, but we celebrate Jesus. First of all, turn your Bibles to Psalm 3012. I love this. This was a new verse I studied this past week that I had never um, studied before or come across or recognized, and it's so appropriate. Psalm 30, and it's going to very clearly define. Now, by the way, this is... Um, this is a song of David. Was David a busy guy? I mean, was his life crazy? Was it filled with danger and intrigue and, and backstabbing? And, and then there was the running of the kingdom. And then there was the taking care of everybody and everything. So he was a very, very busy, busy man. And I love the way he states, he's very organized, he, God had him write exactly what he did. He made commitments all the time, personal commitments. You know why he did this? Because his days were so crazy. 
When your days are crazy, it is imperative not to let the day rule me, but allow God to rule my day. You do that by making personal commitments, time, time scheduling, think scheduling, productivity checked off. So in Psalm uh, chapter 30, verse number 12, God's word says, got to get to 30 here, to the end, and see, I love that too, finish strong, finish strong. David's in the middle of, I mean, conquering and, and striving to stay alive. And he says, to the end, Betty, to the end that my glory may what? Sing praise to thee and what? Not be silent. Dear, dear sisters, God is going to give us so many opportunities to speak up Jesus in this time of Christmas. To speak up Jesus. Never leave home without gospel tracts. Have them handy in your purse, in the flap, ready to hand out to every. I tell you what. Tracks have never been, gospel tracks, they don't know them as tracks. You know, I just say, would you read this? It's about God's best gift to us. Or it's about God's love. Don't we need God's love? And they agree, we do. Doesn't our world need God's love? They, do, they agree. Never have tracks, gospel tracks, been more well-received than in this COVID time. People are afraid. People are angry. People are searching. So speak up. And look at David. He's king. He could have sent his legions out to do the work of the Lord. Oh, no, 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 no. He is personally involved. He's got a heart for God. That's why God says, David is a man after my own heart. Because he personally got involved. He said, I will sing. I will not be silent. Okay, read the rest of this. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Okay, now this is going to get really good into our two-prong lesson today so that we celebrate Jesus. Tara, it's so good to see you. I looked at you and I see Tiffany. <laughs> it is so good to see Tara. Oh, home, that is wonderful. Okay, so in this first prong, the first practical way we celebrate Jesus, number one, according to the word of God, is to what? What does David tell me he did? Sing, 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 sing. Now, David was talented. He was, had a, you know, he was multi-talented. That's never the point. God gives to everyone at least one talent. Don't bury it. And all of us sitting here can speak and sing. It does not matter if we sing well. You know, make a joyful noise. That's right. But you're singing. I mean, we're not out for, you know, we're not, we're not in a contest. We're not having an audition. When we sing, what we are doing, we are showing who lives in our heart. So sing. So some, some very practical ways. Uh, and while I'm telling you this, turn to Ephesians 5 because this so is hand and glove. First of all, Psalm 3012, the first practical way we celebrate Jesus is to sing. Now go to Ephesians 5. And now all of us know verse 18. It's about talking about be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. We all know this, but do you know what? Right next to that, God gives the YBH, the Yah but how. First of all, notice that in verse 18, it doesn't end with a period. When, when God is instructing me to be filled with his spirit, he doesn't put a period there. What does he put? It's a comma. 
It's a comma. It's a comma there because he's going to go on then because he always explains how to do what he tells me to do. So he says, Kathy, be filled with the Spirit today. And then it goes on in verse 19, and it says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Wow. Wow. Girls, get your song on. Get your song going in your head and in your heart. Especially get it going because you have said, okay, I am going to sing in my head throughout the day. Get your song on. Get your music going with Christmas music that lifts up and honors God. Um, Amanda's got a great Christmas tape, piano tape out. I know there's a lot of times where I can't have the confusion of singing going on when I'm concentrating or when I'm trying to, it's, you know, it's my birthday brain, it's my COVID brain, it's all those things. I, I really have to singular, singular in when I'm, but all the, there's plenty of other times when I'm not trying to study and concentrate and do something. Have your music on. I love the fact that we end our services with a song. I love that. I have told Dan many times, it doesn't matter what song he has chosen to end the service with. A lot of times he strives to correlate it with the, with the preaching. It doesn't matter. I will find myself two hours later humming that song. See, there is a magic in music that God put in us on purpose for his glory. It is to ease my mind. It is to unburden my heart. It is to give God glory. And so he says, so sing. Now think again of David writing this. Think of what he had on his mind, girls. Think of the burdens and the responsibilities that David carried. I don't know how he slept at night. He says, no, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me to dwell in safety. See that commitment again to the word. And he says, so sing. Practicing and get, uh, get in your home and in your car, CDs or your devices. Um, this morning when I was shaving Clint on my phone, go to YouTube. They have beautiful, beautiful. Tim Janice has been a favorite since the children were growing up that I have played in the house all the time because it doesn't interfere but it's great background music. And uh, he has out, Tim Janice has out a Christmas uh, selection on YouTube. Tim Janice, type it in. And it's beautiful Christmas music that the God honoring hymns. And uh, so anyways, Clint comes in and, and on my, my little phone is up on the ledge there in our bathroom and it puts on these beautiful pictures that, of course, I, visually, I love that too, I'm very visual. And so here's this, music, and it was one of the um, Christmas carols. It wasn't, was it away in the manger? But it was, um, it was all instrumental. And Clint walks in, and he goes, oh, that's pretty. Now, girls, this is Clint. It affects us. It affects us. And so when I choose to sing, away in a manger, no crib for a bed. Think about that. Think about the words when you sing, whether it be in church, but especially, especially on your own. Can you imagine we moms, we grandmas, holding a baby and not having a bed to put that baby in, Donna? I can't. I can't. And yet, Jesus came to this very unprepared, hateful world. And then, you know, when Jesus left, you know what he said? I go to prepare a place for you. He came to a very unprepared place. 
and he leaves us with that comfort. Oh, what you're going to find in heaven in this prepared place. Get your song on. Get that music going. It's the most basic, easy way to celebrate Jesus. Um, Celebrate him. Uh, Sing with your kids. Sing with your kids all the time. Sing, sing fun songs, sing silly songs. A, a great joy to my own heart has been when the girls and I travel back for Wednesday night church. We sing all the way back. We sing. We sing silly songs. Oh, you can't get to heaven. Oh, you can't get to heaven in a rocking chair, in a rocking chair. You know, make it fun. Make it fun. Make it beautiful. Make it something that you do all the time. Um, singing about Jesus. Music ministers to our heart. And so as I make a concentrated effort this Christmas, every day, sing unto the Lord. So with that in mind, with a commitment to do it, the second way we commit to celebrating Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is by verbally giving thanks about everything. Now go back to your verse in Colossians. In Colossians, or no, did I give you that one? I didn't. Go back to your verse in Psalms. Psalm chapter thirty. And verse number 12, find that second thing that David says, this is what you need to do every day. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will what? Give thanks. I will give thanks. Need, need help, dear Donna? Miss, you want to get water? Okay. I've drank out of mine or I'd give you mine. Yep. So give thanks. Now turn to Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15. Because how do we give thanks always for all things? Do any of you have something rather unpleasant happen in this Thanksgiving week, this last week? Something unforeseen, something disappointing, something that, you know, isn't, this is what I want for Christmas. This is what I want for my day. Okay, well, Colossians 3.15 gives us the, yeah, but how do I give thanks always for all things, as I'm instructed by David. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God, what? Rule. Rule. Now, that word, if you go back to the root uh, meaning of that word, it has the connotation of umpire, umpire. Okay, some of your husbands, or maybe some of you were watching some of the big ball games that were on. There's officials there all the time. They make the call. They make the rule, and that's what you go by. In this scripture verse, Colossians 3.15, God is telling me, Kathy, I'm the umpire. I make the rule. Be ye thankful. The peace of God rides on the tandem bike of giving thanks. The peace of God rides on the tandem bike of giving thanks. It's God's peace. It's not my peace. I can't manufacture it. I can't manipulate it. I can't make it happen. Not God's peace. So how do we break this down? Well, in Colossians 3.15, it begins, and let. That word let means allow. Allow. Allow the peace of God to rule. The word rule tells me how I allow God's peace in my heart. It's simply by saying, God, you're in charge. It's submission 
to his way. I said that um, the peace of God rides on the tandem bike of Thanksgiving. How many people ride on a tandem bike class? Two. Have you ever ridden on a tandem bike? I love it. I love it. In our early years, we would always go to Mackinac Island every year, and we would always rent a tandem bike. And now, I mean, I, I love the ride. It was great because you know why? The power was up front. <laughs> the power was up front. But it was also the direction was up front. In other words, I had to submit to going to Doug's way because he was in front. And literally, if I want to experience the peace of God in my life about everything, I have to submit to God's direction, to God's way, to God's instruction on what to do when I hit a pothole. God has a way. God has a direction. He's the umpire. And it's not leaning on my understanding, but it's saying, Lord, I'll trust your word. And so we forgive. Lord, I'll trust your word so I won't live offended. Lord, I'll trust your word. I'll do good to them that don't do good to me. I'll trust your word in it, Lord. I will be submissive to the way you tell me to go. And when I am, then the Holy Spirit pours his peace in me regardless of anything that is happening. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful peace. The only way I'm going to know God's peace and enjoy the ride is to submit to his way. And, of course, that's fine and dandy when everything is going my way and when I happen to agree. By the way, submission is not agreeing with God when you have the same opinion. That's called validation, okay? That's, and that's called friends. Can two walk together except they agree? You know, when you agree with things, you're with your friend. But what about what, what happens when you don't agree? That's called submission. Submission is me living in obedience when I don't agree. And that's very revealing. Same way when I stop giving thanks or when I refuse to give thanks, it's very revealing. Kathy, do you want the peace of God? Well, I guess I don't, not if I'm not going to thank God for what he is doing in my life. So understand that when things don't go my way, I find out if my contentment, if my peace is just from me or if it truly has been a gift of the Spirit in me because I'm giving thanks for it. So two practical ways to celebrate Jesus every day. Number one, get your song on. And then get ready to give thanks on purpose when the Grinch of life steals something from you. I love this true story. I gave it to you about three years ago. It's worth listening to again, and it so is in tandem with giving thanks during this Christmas season, especially when we have so much sadness and so much unexplainable and so much fear in America. Here's the true story. Sandra couldn't feel any lower as she pushed against a November gust and the floor shop door. Her life had been easy, like a spring breeze, and then in the fourth month of her second pregnancy, a minor automobile accident stole her ease. During this Thanksgiving week, she would have delivered a son. She grieved over her loss, and if that were not enough, her husband's company threatened a transfer. Then her sister, whose holiday visit she coveted, called saying she could not come. What's worse, Sandra's friend 
infuriated her by suggesting her grief was a God-given path to maturity that would allow her to empathize with others who suffer. Oh, had she lost a child? No. She had no idea what I'm feeling, Sandra shuddered. Thanksgiving? Thankful for what? For a careless driver whose truck was hardly scratched when he rear-ended her? For an airbag that saved her life but took the life of her child? Good afternoon. Can I help you? The flower shop clerk approached and startled her. Oh, sorry, said Jenny. I just didn't want you to think I was ignoring you. I, I need an arrangement. For Thanksgiving? Sandra nodded. Do you like to challenge the day with a customer's favorite that I call Thanksgiving special? Jenny saw Sandra's curiosity and continued, I'm convinced that flowers tell a story and each arrangement insinuates a particular feeling. So are you looking for something that conveys gratitude this Thanksgiving? Oh, not exactly, blurted out Sandra. Sorry, but in the last five months, everything that could go wrong has. Sandra regretted her outburst, but was surprised when Jenny said, I have the perfect arrangement for you. The door's small bell suddenly rang. Barbara! Hi, Jenny said. She politely excused herself from Sandra, walked toward a small workroom where she quickly reappeared, carrying a massive arrangement of green bows and long stem thorny roses. Only the ends of the rose stems were neatly clipped. No flowers. Want this in a box? Jenny asked. Sandra watched for Barbara's response. Was this a joke? Who would want rose stems with no flowers? She waited for the laughter for someone to notice the absence of flowers atop the thorny stems, but neither women did. Yes, please. Oh, it's exquisite, said Barbara. You'd think after three years of getting that special, I'd not be so moved by its significance, but it's happening again. My family will love this one. Thank you. Sandra stared. Why? Why so normal a conversation about so strange an arrangement, she wondered. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Sandra was pointing. That lady that just left with the, uh, well, she had no flowers. Yep, that's what I call the special. I call it the Thanksgiving Thorns Bouquet. But why do people pay for that? Jenny chuckled. Do you really want to know? Oh, I couldn't leave the shop without knowing. I'd, I'd think about nothing else. That might be good, said Jenny. Well, she continued. Barbara came into the shop three years ago feeling very much like you feel today. She thought she had very little to be thankful for. She had lost her father to cancer, the family business was failing, her son was on drugs, and she faced a major surgery. Ouch, said Sandra. That same year, I had lost my husband. I had assumed complete responsibility for the shop and for the first time spent the holidays alone. I had no children, no husband, no family nearby, and too great a debt to allow any travel. What did you do? I learned to be thankful for the thorns. Sandra's eyebrows lifted. Thorns? I'm a Christian, Sandra, and I've always thanked God for the good things in my life. I never thought to ask him why the good things happened to me, but when the bad stuff hit, boy, did I ever ask. It took a little time to learn that dark times are important. I always enjoyed the flowers of life, but it took the thorns to show me the beauty of God's comfort and who he is. You know that the Bible says God comforts us when we're afflicted, and from his consolation we learn to comfort others? Sandra gasped. A friend read that passage to me, and I was furious. I guess the truth is I don't want comfort. I lost a baby, and I'm angry. She started to ask Jenny to go on when the doorbell diverted their attention again. Hey, Phil, shouted Jenny as a balding, rotund man entered the shop. She softly touched Sandra's arm and moved over to welcome him. I'm here for my 12 thorny long stem stems, Phil laughed. 
I feared as much, she said. Jenny, said Jenny, I've got them ready. She lifted a tissue-wrapped arrangement from the refrigerator cabinet. Beautiful, said Phil. My wife will love them. Sandra could not resist asking, these are for your wife? Phil saw that Sandra's curiosity matched his when he first had heard about the thorn bouquet. Do you mind me asking why thorns? Phil responded, I'm glad you did ask. You see, four years ago, my wife and I were nearly divorced. After 40 years, we were in a real mess. But we slogged through problem after rotten problem, and God rescued our marriage and our love. I stopped in here for flowers, as I mentioned, surviving a tough process. And that's when Jenny told me for a long time she kept a vase of rose stem stems as a reminder of what she learned from thorny times. Well, that was good enough for me. I took home the stems, and my wife and I decided to label each one for a specific thorny situation and give thanks for what the problem taught us and ask God. I'm pretty sure this stem review is becoming a tradition. Phil paid Jenny and thanked her again, and as he left, he said to Sandra, I highly recommend the special. I don't know if I can be thankful for the thorns in my life, Sandra said to Jenny. Well, my experience says that thorns make roses more precious. We treasure God's providential care more during trouble than any other time. Remember, Sandra, Jesus wore a crown of thorns that we might know his love. Don't resent the thorns. Tears rolled down Sandra's cheeks for the first time since the accident. She loosened her grip on resentment. I'll take 12 long stem thorns, please. I hoped you would, Jenny said. I'll have them ready in a minute. Then every time you see them, remember to appreciate both the good and the hard and trust God. You'll grow through both, but especially through the thorns. Thank you. What do I owe you? Oh, nothing. Nothing but a pledge to work toward healing. The first year's arrangement is always on me. Jenny handed a card to Sandra. I'll attach this card to your arrangement, but maybe you'd like to read it first. Go ahead, read it. It read, Dear God, I have never thanked thee for my thorn. I have thanked thee a thousand times for my roses, but never once for my thorn. Teach me the glory of the cross I bear. Teach me the value of my thorns. Show me that my tears have made rainbows. Psalm 30, 12. To the end, that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Amen and amen. Two duties starting as soon as we walk out that door. Sing and in everything give thanks. God bless you and Merry Christmas. <laughs>